Welcome back to Conspiracies with Chase. Today is a very important episode, the Season 3 finale. This episode will finish both Season 3 and our Urban Myths and Legends series. After this week, we'll be taking a short week break, and then we'll be back with Season 4. Let's get started. This is a quick warning. Some content featured in tonight's episode might not be suitable for all ages. Today we have a total of 19 states to cover today. These states include New Hampshire, New York, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Connecticut, West Virginia, Kentucky, Mississippi, Georgia, South and North Carolina, Oklahoma, Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona, California, Oregon, Idaho, North Dakota, and Nebraska. The first state on our list tonight is the Granite State, or New Hampshire, and the Wood Devils. The Wood Devils are another relative of the famous Bigfoot. The name refers to one, however, it is most common to see a group of Wood Devils. These creatures are relatives of Bigfoot and have been roaming the woodlands and hills of Coos County, New Hampshire, since the 1930s. The skinny creatures are described as being tall at around 7 to 9 feet and having shaggy tan gray hair. What makes this creature special is that it hides by using trees. According to the legend, these creatures will hide behind a tree when a human is coming, and they will stay behind that tree until the coast is clear. If there is no cover to hide in, the woods devil will stand perfectly still. Multiple residents and witnesses have claimed that you can walk right into a wood devil before you can even see it. From the Granite State to the Empire State, it's time for New York and Cropsy. This urban legend is a dark one and I will be keeping it short for that reason. Cropsy is a crazy who steals kids and kills them with his hook, hands, ice pick, and axe. According to the lineup.com, Cropsy was rumored to be a homicidal madman, an escaped mental patient with a hook for a hand who hunted children and dragged them back to the tunnel system that lay under the abandoned ruins of the old Seaview Hospital, a former tuberculosis sanatorium. I'm going to end that urban legend right there. It does kind of seem like one of those urban legends that parents would tell their kids to like, watch out for strangers and to stay away from the tunnels. Next up on our list is Pennsylvania. We're moving from the Empire State to the Keystone State and the Green Man. Residents near Pittsburgh in a town called South Park in the 1950s often spotted a strange figure walking along Route 351 at night. According to the legend, the figure was a man without a face who allegedly emitted a greenish glow. The locals became afraid of his appearance and nocturnal habits. After doing more research about the man, I was able to find out that this man is real. The man's name was Ray Robinson and had been severely electrocuted as a child and lost most of his facial features. It turns out that he only came out at night to his disfigurement. However, he does not glow green like the legend says. According to allthatisinteresting.com, in 1919, when Raymond Robinson was 18 years old, he was reaching for a bird's nest at the top of an electrical pole when he was suddenly shocked with 11,000 volts of electricity and sent flying to the ground in a blinding flash. The high-voltage shock burnt Robinson's face and arms, leaving holes where his eyes and nose once were. Many of the locals were mean to him. Some of them would ask him if he needed a ride and then would drop him off in the middle of nowhere in a location that he was unfamiliar with. However, the group who did get to know Ray said that he was really nice and actually enjoyed talking and spending time with him. That's going to wrap up Pennsylvania and we're moving from the Keystone State to the Bay State because it's time for Massachusetts. 
and the Black Flash of Provincetown. In the late 1930s, Provincetown was haunted by the mysterious figure known as the Black Flash. There were at least two adult men that reported being assaulted by a figure they described as over eight feet tall, clothed in black and unusually thin. The sighting stopped abruptly in December of 1945. This is one of those legends where not much info is available on the legend, and I find that really suspicious. Moving from the Bay State to the Little Roadie, it's Rhode Island and the Foster Witch. Dolly Ellen Cole was a natural healer and suspected witch living in the area during the 1800s. The locals set out against Dolly and attempted to burn her alive by setting her house ablaze. Dolly wasn't home. Sadly, her daughter was inside the home and perished in the fire. After that, Dolly cursed the town and vowed for revenge. People have reported seeing the ghost of Dolly to this day. That's another one of those urban legends where not much is found. And they've actually... The legend goes that they've taken another legend with the same name of Dolly and put them together. And we're going to move to the Nutmeg State, or Connecticut, and the Little People's Village. Tucked away in the woods of Middlebury is the Little People's Village, a complex of crumbling, doll-sized houses and odd structures next to the remains of a stone house. It is rumored to be the legacy of insanity brought on by the Little People. According to DamnedConnecticut.com, one of the many versions of the story goes that back about a century ago, a man and his wife, who may or may not have been a witch, were living peacefully in Middlebury when she started seeing small fairy folk in the woods around her home. To accommodate these pixie-like creatures, she demanded her husband build a tiny village. As the years passed and the village grew, the enchantment faded into madness. The abandoned Smurf-scale town is all that's left to mark the couple's anguished demise. Many people who visit there today claim that it's haunted by the spirits of the little people or the ghosts of those tormented by them. Others claim that if you linger long enough, you can hear the voices of the little people yourself and that you too will soon be plunged into insanity. The next urban legend will take up a total of four states. These states include Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, and Oklahoma. It's nothing more than the Navajo Skinwalker. In the Navajo culture, a Native American tribe located in the southwestern states of the U.S., a skinwalker is a harmful witch who has the ability to turn into, possess, or disguise themselves as an animal. The name from the Navajo, which I will not say out of respect of the Navajo, translate to, with it, he goes on all fours. The Navajo culture has many witches, however. The Skinwalker is considered the most volatile and dangerous. According to LegendsOfAmerica.com, for the Navajo people, witchcraft is just another part of their spirituality and in one of the ways of their lives. As such, witchcraft has long been a part of their culture, history, and traditions. Witches exist alongside humans and are not supernaturals. Also from LegendsOfAmerica.com, the Navajo believe that there are places where the powers of both good and evil are present, and that these powers can be harnessed for either. Medicine men utilize these powers to heal and aid members of their communities, while those who practice Navajo witchcraft seek to direct their spiritual forces to cause harm or misfortune to others. This type of Navajo witchcraft is known as the witchery way, which uses human corpses in various ways such as tools for the bones and concoctions that are used to curse, harm, or kill intended victims. In order to become a skinwalker, he or she must be initiated by a secret society by doing one of the most evilest deeds, the murder of a relative, typically the sibling. 
The skinwalkers are also able to take possession of the bodies of human victims if a person locks eyes with them. After taking control, the witch can make its victims do and say things that they wouldn't otherwise. I'm going to end that there because there may be a full episode about the skinwalker. And we're going to move from the southwestern states to the Peace Garden State because it's time for North Dakota. And San Haven Sanatorium. In 1909, North Dakota Tuberculosis Sanatorium was built. It was built as a hospital to treat tuberculosis patients. Later in its history, the hospital switched to treating developmentally disabled patients. It was rumored that the patients were abused and were not being properly cared for. Because of this and other health reasons, the building was shut down for good in 1989. Later on, a man visited to look for paranormal evidence. He's also a trespasser because the building was closed to the public. He fell down an elevator shaft and died there. It is rumored that his spirit, as well as many of the other patients, can be both seen and heard in the abandoned sanatorium. And before we move on, I have a quick announcement to make. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving, which means it's time for our Thanksgiving Day sale. In our 2021 Thanksgiving sale, we are giving 15% off everything in our entire store. The sale will start tomorrow, or Thursday, Thanksgiving, November 25th, and will last until Saturday, November 27th. That's this Saturday. Make sure you place your orders in time to get them before Christmas. And from the Peace Garden State to the Cornhusker State, it's time for Nebraska, and this urban legend is a dark one. Located in the town of Portal was a quaint one-room schoolhouse. It was located on the other side of an old and rickety wooden bridge. It was originally known as Portal School, however, it was later given the name Hatchet House. According to OnlyInYourState.com, legend has it that the school teacher went crazy one day, decapitating all of the students inside and placing their heads on their desks. She then took out all of their hearts to the bridge and threw them one by one into the water. Locals called it Heartbeat Bridge because you traveled across it. The shuddering boards sounded exactly like the beating hearts lurking in the water below. Legend says that if you visit the original building, which the school was moved into the village because of floods, you can see and hear the ghost of the teacher. Moving from the Cornhusker State to the Mountain State, it's time for West Virginia. This legend is about Mammy Thurman, and not about her herself, but her death and her burial. On June 21st, 1932, Mammy Thurman was found dead in Logan County. Her throat was slashed from ear to ear, and she was shot twice in the left side of her head. A local boy found her body in a blackberry patch. Keep in mind that this legend is about Thurman, it's about her death and her burial. Her jewelry was found with her, this ruled out the possibility of a robbery being the cause of murder. A handyman was eventually arrested and convicted of the murder. However, dispute went about in the community because nobody actually knew who committed the crime. According to OnlyInYourState.com, mystery surrounds where she is buried and who actually killed her. Her death certificate says that she was buried at Logan Memorial Park, but other records say that she was laid to rest in Braffordsville, Kentucky. Today, there are several reports of seeing Thurman's ghost on 22 Mine Road. And it's time to move from the mountain state of West Virginia to the Bluegrass State because it's time for Kentucky and the Pope Lick Monster. The Pope Lick Monster is a monster that is said to live beneath the Norfolk Southern Railroad trestle over Floyd's Creek in the Fisherville area near Louisville, Kentucky. It is said to be part man and part goat. 
According to Fandom.com, it has powerful fur-covered goat legs, an alabaster skin face with an aquiline nose, and wide-set eyes. Short, sharp horns protrude from the forehead, nestled in long, greasy hair that match the color of the fur on the legs. Also from Fandom, according to some accounts, the creature uses either hypnosis or voice mimicry to lure trespassers to the trestle to meet their death before an oncoming train. Other stories claim that the monster jumps down from the trestle onto the roofs of cars passing beneath it, yet other legends tell that it attacks its victim with a blood-stained axe. It also has been said that the very sight of the creature is so unsettling that those who see it while walking across the high trestle are driven to leap off. It's time we move from the bluegrass state to the gym state because it's time for Idaho. And Idaho's urban legend is just simply Idaho. This urban legend is an odd one, and it feels more of like a conspiracy than a legend. This legend claims that Idaho doesn't exist. Yes, you heard that right. The theory claims that Idaho was put on the map because cartographers needed a barrier to separate Utah from Canada and Montana from Washington. There are a few things wrong with this. First off, I've actually been to Idaho, and it didn't seem fake to me when I was there. Secondly, if it doesn't exist, where do you go when you're in Idaho? If I get on a plane and fly to Boise, which I have done, where do you go? I'm going to leave that legend there. From the Gem State to the Beaver State, it's time for Oregon. Oregon's urban legend is the Shanghai Tunnels. Shanghai refers to the capture and illegal sale of able-bodied men to sea captains in the need of crewmen. According to legendsofamerica.com, middlemen kidnapped men and sold them off to captains for as little as $50 a head. These poor men were forced to work on ships bound for the Orient with no pay. According to the legend, as well as some historical data, men were shanghaied in Portland from roughly 1850 to 1941. This seems like something that didn't happen, however, it actually did. It was a practice that occurred in Portland as well as other locations along the West Coast. Also from Legends of America, the Shanghai Tunnels, or Portland Underground, consists of tunnel passages linking Portland's Old Town, or Chinatown, to the central downtown area of Portland. The basements of many downtown bars and hotels were linked to the Willamette River waterfront through the tunnels, allowing supplies to be moved from ships docked there directly to basements for storage. Although many residents used to doubt it was true, the catacombs sneaking beneath the city do in fact exist. Not only men, but women too were warned to take care against being drugged or kidnapped and hot off for sale. Women were allegedly shanghaied for their use as prostitutes rather than ship laborers. Although other ports along the west coast, including San Francisco, are said to have been centers of Shanghai activity, Portland's underground tunnels are claimed to have made the practice much more manageable and widespread than in other areas, according to legendsofamerica.com. That's going to finish that off, and we're finishing off the West Coast at California in the Golden State and the spirit of the Hollywood sign. The Hollywood sign is said to be haunted by early 1900s actress Peg Entwistle. According to theculturetrip.com, when a possibly career-ending interview was published about one of her films, Entwistle climbed to the top of the sign's H and threw herself off of it. She is now called the Lady in White and is said to haunt the sign and the surrounding area. The legend continues to state that the Lady in White will appear to people hiking on the off-limits part of the sign where she had killed herself. Also from theculturetrip.com, 
Instead of the beautiful Hollywood actress, what appears to these unfortunate people is a woman with a skeletal face and deep, hollowed-out eyes. If those hikers are alone, the lady in white somehow influences them to share her own cruel fate. From the Golden State to the Magnolia State, it's time for Mississippi. Mississippi has the Mercritus outbreak. This legend dates back to the 1950s when Mercritus came to life in Mississippi. According to OnlyInYourState.com, according to the local legend, Mercritus was a disease that originated in Europe before eventually making its way to Mississippi. Symptoms of the disease were different for men and women. Apparently, the infected men would emit an odor that would cause the women to go crazy and become homicidal. Some people believe that Mercritus did actually exist, and it was just covered up by both the government and the medical community. All of the following information is given by OnlyInYourState.com. Men can get Mercritus by ingesting large amounts of lead from paint or some other source. The disease would then cause him to secrete a chemical that in turn caused nearby women to descend into a homicidal rage. Women that were usually loving and friendly would instantly become irrational and erratic. By the 1950s, the frightening disease made its way to a small town in Mississippi. While the specific town isn't named, the outbreak occurred after several men ingested large amounts of lead. Not long after the men consumed the lead, the local women wreaked havoc on the town. They swept through the streets with one mission, to kill every man they could find. Though the Mercritus outbreak is deemed an urban legend, many believe it's much more than that. One theory is that the medical community covered it up since they couldn't come up with a cure or explanation for the mysterious illness. And from the Magnolia State to the Peach State, it's time for Georgia and Crybaby Bridge. In the 1800s, a poor farmer family was expecting their fifth child. The husband knew that the family could not afford to feed another mouth, so what did he do? He and the doctor had arranged for the doctor to dispose of the baby immediately after birth. After the mother gave birth to the child, the doctor took the baby and dropped it over the bridge. According to OnlyInYourState.com, now if you drive to the bridge on a cloudless night with a full moon and sprinkle baby powder around your car, turn your engine and lights off for 10 minutes, you'll hear a baby crying and see footprints in the baby powder. It is now time for our second to last state of the series and tonight, the Palmetto State, or South Carolina, and the Gray Man. The story of the Gray Man starts in the 1820s. The legend says that there is a cloaked figure who wanders the beaches ahead of major storms. According to WBTW.com, one woman claimed she saw the ghost in 1954, right before Hurricane Hazel. Another rumored sighting was before Hurricane Hugo in 1989 and then in 2018's Hurricane Florence. The man is rumored to have been traveling from Charleston to propose when his horse got stuck in the mud. He was thrown off, trapped, and dug under. Heartbroken, the woman would walk along the beach. One day, she saw her late beau dressed in all black who warned her that a mysterious storm was coming and then she vanished. As the story goes, a hurricane made landfall and her home was the only thing still standing. Now we're moving to North Carolina, the 50th and last state of our urban myths and legend series. It's time for the Tar Heel State or North Carolina and Blackbeard's Ghost. On Ocracoke Island, there is a small channel known as Teach's Hole. It's named after Edward Teach, who is commonly known as the infamous pirate Blackbeard. It's said that Teach's Hole was Blackbeard's favorite place to anchor his ship. 
and that his ghost haunts the area to this day. The terrifying pirate captain, known for weaving fuses into his beard, had a long reign of terror which came to an end in that very channel. According to Ranker.com, in 1718, the governor of Virginia sent men led by John Maynard to find and end Blackbeard. They surprised him in Teach's Hole, shooting and stabbing the captain to death and capturing or slaying all of the members of his crew. Maynard then removed his head, hung it from his ship, and threw his body into the water. It's said that to this day, the strange lights have been seen beneath the water in Teach's Hole are the ghosts of Blackbeard searching for his missing head. Terrifying noises thought to be him roaring have also been heard from the cove. That is going to wrap up today's episode and season 3 of Conspiracies with Chase. With that, our Urban Myths and Legends series is over. This series was a good and long one. Even if you don't agree with or believe in these legends, you cannot deny that they are interesting. That is where I'm going to leave this series. We'll be taking a short one-week break of posting before we come back to our season 4 premiere on December 1st. And before I end the episode, I want to extend a special thank you to you guys for giving us 1,000 downloads on our podcast. Make sure you take advantage of our Thanksgiving Day sale to get your merch for 15% off from tomorrow to Saturday. Make sure you order in time to get your items before Christmas. I'm Chase Abden signing off for the day, reminding you to not eat too much on Thanksgiving.